well. We got UTEP tomorrow as well against North Texas. And you all don't know this, but Adrian has a new water system in his house. That's the reason he's been beaming over the last couple of uh, days, even weeks. Uh, But, hey, man, I'm excited for you. Happy Friday. Welcome back. Thank you, Steve, and thank you to Clean Water of El Paso. They are voted El Paso's number one water softener uh, over the last 25 years. I got a chance to go through the entire process thanks to John Garcia. He showed us how dirty the water was in our house, oh. how much how gro- how much that grossed me out. Um, I-, I can't even tell you, Steve. And I'll tell you this, one of the best parts about it was I got a chance to get on the phone with John on Monday. His crew came out on Wednesday, and I have Clean Water of El Paso. Paso as of Thursday, and this was uh, an easy process to do, which was so cool, uh, mm. thanks to all the people at Clean Water of El Paso. You know, I'm so excited for you, and uh, I, I know over the next uh, you know few weeks and months, you'll kind of go through the journey with our listeners and kind of let them know what it was like for you from, from really from start to finish, and... Uh, and listen, I've got that system in my house. Um, a bunch of friends of mine do as well, and it's a huge, huge difference maker. I can't stress enough, and I know how much it means to you. I also know how much it means to your uh, your new bride, and that's also a very big deal when it comes to a home. That's exactly right. Alyssa, my wife, uh, she is somebody who, uh, you, you know, does not like oily hair, uh, does not like skin to be irritated whatsoever. So I'm excited about the clean water of El Paso system that's in our house. Uh, and I'm excited to, to tell everybody about our journey from start to finish. I mean, I just encourage everybody out there, just get a free water analysis with clean water of El Paso and just see how easy it is to get something like this installed. It's all you got to do. It's that simple, folks. It is really that simple. And- and I'm telling you, once you make the change, you'll understand exactly uh, what we're talking about. 856-0059, that's the number, 856-0059, uh, cleanwateroftelpaso.com. And, oh, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait to hear about it. I really can't. I'm like, uh, you know, these are the kind of stories I love. Uh, just like I love all the sports stories that's going to be making headlines here today. And our uh, Friday show, our extravaganza, kicking it off. We got so much to cover. So much to talk about on the program for the next three hours as we get ready for championship weekend in the National Football League. Getting closer and closer to Super Bowl 57, where we will be on site the week of the game. We've got Kyle Yeomans today at 420. He's going to give us the lowdown on North Texas. UTEP's opponents tomorrow afternoon when that game tips off at 4 o'clock. Then... You've been waiting for him all week. You've been asking for him since Monday. The Foss. Steve Foster, the host of Laying Down the Law, along with Chris Fernandez, who, by the way, will be broadcasting live from Phoenix on 600 ESPN El Paso, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of February from 12 to 2. So uh, they, uh, you know, the Foss will be with us. He's going to, you know, talk about the Cowboys season being over. And, yeah. and 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 probably be as, as straight a shooter as you're going to get. I don't know, Steve. I think he might tell us something about how he's looking forward to next year. You know, to be honest with you, Foss got a lot of this season right. I mean, we were ready to write off this season. Well, at least I was. As soon as Dak went out in the first game against the Bucks, uh, no, not Steve Foster. He believed in this team. He thought that they would be a wild card team. He thought they would win around 13 games, which he was right. And uh, as a result, the uh, Cowboys get knocked out of the divisional round. We'll hear, we'll hear what Foss has to say and what his predictions are. 
are for the future. I'm looking forward to it. That's coming up at 5 o'clock today. And then in our 6 o'clock hour, a pair of minors will join us. Uh, Alina Arike. She is uh, one of UTEP's uh, stars this year, along with uh, Jazzy on Jackson. They will both be with us in studio in our 6 o'clock hour. I've got questions for Jazzy on, by the way. Have you um, her Twitter profile? The um, What do you call the, the big picture on the very yeah, top? The cover. Yeah, the cover. Her Twitter cover is the Joker. Oh, okay. Oh, man, I want to find is, out about this. This is Joker week, maybe, for Jazzy on. I mean, this is. Uh, she said that she had circled this game all year long, and this is the one that she's looking forward to playing against her former team in North Texas tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to ask her about the Joker and how that uh, has made her. You know, right there on on the front of her of her Twitter uh, Twitter page, along with uh, Alina Enrique. So I'm I'm excited about today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll take your phone calls at five zero five six zero zero nine. That is five zero five six zero zero nine. We lost Billy Packer. He passed away today. For those of you that follow college basketball, uh, a lot of you probably know Billy Packer. Um, was such a big part of CBS's coverage of college hoops forever. It seems like it seemed like Billy Packer was was uh, you know right there first and foremost. He also was part of of uh, of ACC basketball for very many years. Uh, longtime partner with Jim Nance and so many others. So that was the first thing today. We found out when uh, Jay Billis sent the tweet out that uh, Billy Packer had uh, passed away today at the age of 83 I believe it's either 82 or 83 so um once again you know a, a guy that uh, was um a big part of, of college hoops along with um Al McGuire and Dick Enberg the three of them were a big team uh, back in the 70s and early 80s until uh, he morphed over into CBS as a big part of their coverage as well. So, um, again, anybody that watched College Hoops understands uh, Billy Packer, uh, big-time uh, college basketball broadcaster. 82, by the way, was his uh, his age. And then, I didn't even realize this today, but did you know that uh, it's, uh, I think it's Bob Uecker's birthday today. Oh, nice, okay. The Uke who uh, is the longtime voice of Milwaukee Brewers baseball, one of the great characters of the sport, 89 years old today. Wow, I love it. Next year, 90. That's, yeah. What a milestone year. So that was, I love uh, it. That's really good. Anyway, um, so we got a lot to cover, a lot to talk about on the show today. 505-6009 as we get ready for a championship weekend, and I know we have so many people ready to uh, jump on the phones, talk about the games this weekend. I made my predictions earlier this morning on our uh, partner station with Buzz, and Adrian, I wanted so badly to pick Cincinnati, but I'm a believer that you know eventually um, the law of averages has to come around when it comes to uh, KC beating uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So, um, I went KC San Francisco this weekend for my uh, championship predictions. Nice, Steve. I like the prediction. I think I'm going to stick with your logic there for Kansas City. I just also feel like when you need uh, a playmaker 
Ty, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy who could stand up and step up for this Kansas City team in this game. And even though Patrick Mahomes might be limited from his ankle, I like that the fact that he's play have a practiced all week long. Uh, but I still like some of his other uh, skill position players, not necessarily Juju Smith-Schuster, but I like Marquez Valdez-Scantley. Mm-hmm. I think he's a nice player, along with guys like Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield and Jarek McKinnon. So we'll see what the Chiefs do. I'm picking Chiefs uh, Eagles. I've got Philly winning at home. I think Jalen Hurts will get it done. I think that uh, it has to end eventually for Brock Purdy, and I'm calling it here in the NFC Championship. I've been saying that for weeks, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm know, wondering when it's gonna. I'm wondering when the honeymoon's gonna end. If it ends this weekend, or if it ends uh, in in a couple of weeks, or if it never ends for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Maybe it's a magical ride that goes all the way to uh, winning the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Well, if if it was going to be with any team, it would be with a team that develops a great system around Brock Purdy, and that's the 49ers. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to the offense and how it was built, designed by Kyle Shanahan and uh, what it's shown all season long. It looks like also, Steve, t- talking about the 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, looks like he might be circling as the Houston mm-hmm. Texans coach. But what a great defense that is. And they could be the ones who finally slow down uh, that Jalen Hurts-led offense that the Eagles have. Well, that would also be a, uh, a great storyline in itself considering uh, how good that defense has been with D'Amico Ryans and you know how right now um, yeah he's one win away from also going uh, going to the big one in Phoenix where we'll be the, the 8th, 9th and 10th of uh, February. So excited about everything today. Looking forward to Kyle coming back on the program with us. No, Kyle Yeomans is Mr. Dallas Cowboy also like the Foss. Except he's employed by the Cowboys unlike the Foss. So um, you know I, he was having to try to wrap up the season on the radio last Sunday on KLAQ after Dallas went down in defeat to uh, San Francisco. That's right. Uh, Kyle Yeomans, part of the broadcast crew, does a little post-game and pre-game for the Cowboys. Also did a game yesterday featuring former UTEP basketball coach Billy Gillespie as uh, Tarleton State was in action. So he could give us a lot of different perspectives when it comes to NFL, uh, Conference USA hoops, or even uh, some regional hoops like Tarleton State. I forgot about Tarleton State. By the way, uh, for those of you wondering, if in case you you do follow uh, Billy Gillespie a little bit from his days here at UTEP, and know that he's now the uh, head coach over there at uh, Tarleton. They are currently eleven and ten on the season, four and four in whack play. But how about this? <laughs> this is the greatest stat ever. They're nine and zero at home, zero and nine on the road. Oh man. What a, what a flip right there. Uh, for Billy Gillespie, it, this is an interesting whack as we've seen it so far. Uh, you know, uh, New Mexico State usually being at the top of this league. Now it's teams like Utah Valley, Southern Utah, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, kind of all in a dogfight right now. And unfortunately for Billy Gillespie, they're just not there yet. Tarleton State is still uh, probably a year or two away from starting to compete here in the whack for titles. Unfortunately, they only play NMSU uh, once this season, and it's the final um, final game of the year on the 3rd of March when they host New Mexico State. They haven't played them yet, but, um, you know, they've got Grand Canyon at home tomorrow. That will be a uh, monster uh, for them as well. And, you know, Billy uh, trying to resurrect uh, this team and 
turn them into uh, the kind of Cinderella story that he had at UTEP as well as A&M. Yeah, well, I could see from just some of the stats I'm looking at, a very good defensive team right now for Tarleton State, just not able to really score offensively. They really struggle on the offensive side, uh, and especially when it comes to shooting. So uh, this Tarleton State team, I, I don't know if maybe you know next year, the following year, maybe that's when Billy Gillespie can start getting wins under his belt, but this year it seems like it's been kind of up and down at 11 and 10. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, though all it takes is a couple of difference makers. That's right. And the next yeah. thing you know, top of the conference, it can happen. So when are they off of? Uh, when are they off of double secret probation? When does that end? I, I think it ends after this year. So I think yeah, I think um, it was a two year deal, and so next year they can start competing and trying to get to the NCAA tournament. I think it's right. I think it's that kind of a I, timeline. I thought it was four years. But I have to double check on that. But it's been it's been you know I know Gillespie had a few to go. I do know that. All right, listen. We are excited about today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun having you with us. In fact, Kyle Yeomans will join us next. Then we'll have the Foss at 5. Your phone calls, your tweets, your messages on our mobile app powered by First American Bank. Hey, it's all part of today's show. You want to get in, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. 505-6009 on the phone lines as we send it off to Charlie One. Let's get our first traffic update of this Friday edition of the show. Charlie, how are we doing? Back here on Sports Talk 20 Past, along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to have you with us on a Friday edition of the show. Miners are going to be playing North Texas tomorrow, 4 o'clock here in El Paso. Our coverage starts at 3.30 with John Teicher. I'm assuming Steve Yellen will make the trip. It's in Denton. It's an easy one for Yells. So we know John's going to be there and excited about that. This man's going to have the game on ESPN+. Plus. He's Kyle Yeomans. You've heard him on uh, our station over the years because he's joined us numerous times to talk North Texas and Cowboys football, for that matter. And, well, there would have been a dilemma this weekend. What would Kyle have done if the Cowboys were still alive? He would have had to do this North Texas game and, and then travel to Philly the next day. It would not have been easy for him, but the Cowboys made it easy. They, they, they you know, or the season's over, and now Kyle can concentrate on uh, North Texas uh, for tomorrow. And uh, welcome back. Good to have you on the show. How are you today? Yeah, you know, I'm good. You want to just rub a little more salt into the wounds, that'd be great. I mean, outside of uh, not going to Philly, that would have uh, that would have been a, uh, a fun trip. But, yeah, now I can uh, both fortunately and unfortunately look ahead to some good college basketball that we've got on the docket tomorrow. But glad to be back with you guys. Uh, glad to have you. And I don't want to rub it on, you know, rub the salt too much because I get what you're saying. <laughs> I do, but I also know that, uh, you know, it was one of those seasons that was really good for a long time, but unfortunately the Cowboys ran into the best defense in the league and, and a quarterback that just, you know, has, has played good enough to win every week as, uh, as the best way to describe Brock Purdy. He's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Joe Burrow, but he's also a guy that's done a terrific job by just running this offense and not making any mistakes that would come back to, to hurt his team. No, you're right, and that's really the biggest thing about what the 49ers did, and you held them the 19 points. The defense, Dan Quinn's defense, did exactly what they needed to do to win the football game, but your offense didn't necessarily show up in the same the same light. Mm-hmm. So it, not having that success on the offensive side of the football is, is really where you had a lot of that frustration. And, hey, there, there are always up-and-down games, but right after you had the outpouring of offense that you saw – 
against Tampa Bay, I think it was just as disappointing to see what their performance was uh, against San Francisco, as exciting as it was to see it against Tampa Bay. So an unfortunate break there. But, yeah, it ended up ending the Cowboys season, which is uh, an unfortunate turn for sure. At the same time, Quinn's back. That makes Cow- – I think I think that's the biggest news of the offseason, to be honest, with you, for Cowboys fans. As no good doubt. As, as good as that defense played, how about this? Two years in a row, two years in a row, he interviews for jobs – and ultimately decides to stay with the Cowboys. Um, I don't know about you, but I still believe that you know maybe uh, somewhere uh, not so distant future, uh, Dan Quinn could find himself a possibly head coach of the Cowboys if certain things happen. No, you're right, and that's the thing is you never want to really wish that upon anybody at, at any point down the line. But it, maybe that's a part of the thinking. Maybe he's looking ahead and seeing okay. I've done a good enough job here in Dallas. I have so many pieces of this defense returning that maybe it turns into a better opportunity than Arizona and Carolina and some of these other Denver, these other places that are offering jobs because it, and it may not be in Dallas. It may be elsewhere. Let's say somebody retires or another coach takes another job and the dominoes and the carousel starts to, to fall and, and starts to turn then maybe there's more opportunities out there for Dan Quinn. He's, he can do no wrong in Dallas. The way that he has run that defense and the way that he's turned it around from what it was in 2020 is nothing short of incredible. So he's been the best coach or at least the most consistent coach in the building around the star, and everybody knows it there. So the fact that they were able to keep him around is a huge win for this offseason and something I think Cowboys fans should continue to celebrate going into the, the next couple months. Kyle Yeoman's with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. So the Cowboys now have to look ahead to next year. We know that. North Texas, meanwhile, the Mean Green, 17-5. and five, They're second in Conference USA. They're a hard team to figure. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm trying to understand this basketball team because they just squeaked by UTSA last night. And I mean, it was a nail-biter at home. And knowing that they lost to Rice... Um, they lost to Florida Atlantic, like everybody else has. Um, and then the game against UTSA, you know, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out which North Texas team is going to show up tomorrow when they play the Miners. No, you're you're exactly right. I mean, they've had more inconsistency, I think, in this season than they have uh, really since the first couple years underneath Grant McCaslin. He's done a great job of steadying the ship there. And you, you get exactly or usually you would get exactly what you anticipated with this North Texas squad. I mean, a team that's going to play defense, they're going to spread you out. They're going to, they're going to space the floor to where one, they're going to take the hair out of the basketball and not allow you to have a ton of possessions. And when you do have possessions, they won't let you find open looks. So they're not a team that's built to blow anybody out, even from just the fundamental scoring aspect. They're not going to put up 85 points or 90 points they're most so, more so going to make their living around the 40-point, 50-point, 60-point mark. And, and that's some of these games like UTSA. They were in control of that game for the most part, but UTSA just couldn't close the gap because the defense and the time of possession was heavily in favor of North Texas. But when you face a team that can score, North Texas doesn't know where to go with the basketball. It, it, usually it's, hey, let's give it to Tyler Perry with – five seconds left on the shot clock and see what he can create because he certainly is a phenomenal shooter. He's as clutch as they come in the collegiate basketball level. And not to mention, they just don't have anywhere else to go with the basketball. So if they can find some, some supplemental scoring outside of Tyler Perry, 
still have a great shot to win the basketball game. However, it doesn't always happen like that. He is prone to cold shooting nights as much as anybody. Teams have started to figure it out, and I'm sure Joe Golding and this UTEP minor squad will try and take Perry away. So if he's not scoring, where do they go with the ball? That's the biggest question for Grant McCaslin and this North Texas team because if they're able to answer that, their defense is going to show up no matter what. Kyle, I wanted to reference something that Brett Vito of the Denton Record Chronicle, uh, Record Chronicle, Mm -hmm. actually tweeted out today, saying that Tyler Perry uh, hasn't forgotten what happened when UTEP beat uh, them last year and ended their 15-game win streak. How important has Tyler Perry been to them, and not just him, but Usman as well? That's some a name that minor fans might remember from last year. Just kind of having those two guys in terms of continuity back for this year. No, you're right. I mean, both those guys play a massive role. Perry, I, I just kind of outlined what he does from a scoring standpoint. He's their go-to scorer, but he's also a great on-ball defender, and he rotates well, and he gets in the face of uh, of a ball handler, and uh, he won't let an open shot happen because he will close out very quickly. Uh, Abu Uzman down low, he's been one of those scorers, those supplemental scorers. He had 37 against UTSA earlier this season, and he's the big man. He is the physicality that North Texas brings. He's great. He's been uh, he's been growing throughout his time. He's now a junior. It's his third year with the program. He was one of eleven siblings in a two bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, and he was one of the, the the middle child and the tallest child. So he always had to fend off multiple guys. He's got such a great story. He's got a he's got a great mentality when attacking. Uh, the, uh, a game, but you, you talk about how they've really relied on their success when he's in the game. If he scores five or more buckets, they win, I think, 100% of their games. I think they're 24-0 through his career if he scores five field goals uh, over the course of a, a 40, game, 40 minutes of game action. So if you can get a Boo Uzman going early, that's what North Texas wants to try and do to try and help Tyler Perry from a scoring standpoint out. More with Kyle Yeomans as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, let's go to Adrian. Get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. We're back with Kyle Yeomans right now, and uh, he'll be on the call tomorrow for UTEP and uh, North Texas as uh, that game uh, on ESPN Plus uh, tipping off at 4 o'clock here in El Paso. Um, based on what you've had a chance to see so far this season from a 17-5 and Mean Green basketball team, um, are they at their best when they can get into the 70s? Or is this a team that sometimes likes to keep things in the uh, low 60s and, and still uh, win basketball games? They are, they're at their best when they can kind of find a solid middle ground where they, they don't want to get that 50-point mark. They want to get in the 60s. If they can kind of make their way, and of course the, the most recent matchup between these two sides uh, it, it was right around what that looked like in both UTEP and North Texas taking one last year. So uh, I think if they can kind of stick around and be in that middle ground, be in that 60-point mark, that's that's where they're able to be successful. They continuously will hold opponents underneath certain scoring averages, at least entering into the basketball game. So I, that's really the number one thing for this North Texas team. Play good defense, take the, the air out of the basketball, 
and not allow for your opponent to have multiple opportunities to, to, to run up and down the floor and to have some success. Well, you just said what ultimately has been kind of the Achilles heel to UTEP this season, and that is, you yeah. know, really take uh, play good defense and, and not let them get easy baskets. And it seems like that when teams do that, uh, UTEP really struggles to try to score and, and win basketball games. And I was even talking about this uh, with somebody today uh, earlier. We were saying, you know, they're a funny team because they play hard, they play really good defense, they're giving you everything they have, they just don't have enough scores in general. They just That's UTEP's biggest problem, they just don't have scores. I mean, Sule, boom, went off for 21 against UConn a couple of days ago, and we kept thinking, man, too bad they couldn't have Boom back this year because he could have been that guy, that difference maker that, yeah. that, they're, that they're lacking so much right now, Kyle. Well, and I think it's also cohesiveness. I mean, 12 newcomers in one season when you lost 12 letter winners. The only guy that, that really returned, Zarek Onyema, who's, who's been playing well this year, but still not necessarily a game changer. You got Tay Hardy, who we got to see quite a bit last year with Southern Miss, and, and I've seen him play a number of occasions throughout the years. He's your go-to guy. I mean, that's the 30% shooter from, from beyond the arc. He, he can get in and... and provide some good defensive help, but he's not going to really rebound the basketball. He's not going to facilitate. You, you really need somebody to, to be that catch-and-shoot guy. Nobody has that for Joe Golding this year, and maybe that's a part of the chemistry, like I said, and not playing together as a unit. I think that comes into play for a certain amount of time, but whenever you're 20 games into the year, you would hope some of those problems would be in the past. That's true. That is true. So I, I kind of feel like this game will be like a lot of games we've had a chance to see so far this season, right? Um, low scoring, good defense. The Miners are going to try to yeah. make it an ugly game and, and have a chance down, uh, down, down the stretch to try to pull it out. I think you're right. It, it looks like what they did against Florida Atlantic built some confidence. I mean, that's an FAU team. That's in the top 25 for a reason. They've won a lot of really close games against good teams. Uh, if they can get off to a better start, they can't afford to fall down 10 nothing like they did early. But this team's good enough to make things interesting in Denton. I mean, it's going to be a good crowd Saturday afternoon. No football going on, at least this time around. There's usually been like a conference championship game or something. Last couple weeks, students are all back on campus. I expect it to be a big crowd. But you you got to take the crowd out of it early. Get off to a good start. Get on the road and, and make something happen initially. If you can get one of those scores outside of Tay Hardy to start scoring the basketball early and you can get up and build a bit of a lead, this is a North Texas team that's not built to come back. They're not built to come from behind. And they have a couple times, but they've taken multiple guys to do it that have had to step up in big situations. That isn't always going to happen. So if you're – what you're telling me is right, and it's what I've seen on film, and that's the hustle plays, the defense, the rotation from the minors. If they're able to do that and, and build a lead early, they may have a chance to shock North Texas on the road. Uh, Kyle, we talk a lot about these close games in Conference USA. Well, Ken Palm actually pulls every single conference right now, and in close game percentage, which is a uh, statistic that uh, averages every game that goes within le less than four points or actually goes to overtime, Conference USA is actually second among every other conference in the country right now. What what have you enjoyed about this league so far midway into the Conference USA season and how competitive? it's been it's been yeah it's the parody i mean it's the way 
that you have so many different organizations, and it feels like every week it's somebody different that steps up and makes makes some noise, like whether it's Rice knocking off North Texas. I mean, that's an Owls team that had no business going into Denton and scoring 80 points, and they did that to, to knock off UNT. Or maybe it's Florida Atlantic. I mean, I had Florida Atlantic as a part of the, the Conference USA tournament last year. We thought that with some of their returners, they'd be a good team. Nobody anticipated them going and jumping out to 24, but I also don't think they'll stay there for that long because I expect another team on their schedule to knock them off. I kind of anticipated North Texas doing it. Maybe it's La Tech. Maybe it's UAB. Some of these teams along the way, Western Kentucky's had a great year so far. I want to see what some of these other ball clubs have in store as the season goes along because I think one – through 11. I mean, you look at up and down this conference, there are teams that are really good. I think it's a two-bid league, too. I really do. I think they're going to maybe sneak a second team in mm-hmm. to the, the NCAA tournament, and if that's the case, I think it really sets a lot of these teams up for success for the future. God, I hope so. I hope so. But it's weird, isn't it? Because, right? you know, this is the this is the swan song for North Texas in Conference USA. They're they're bailing out with five other schools, so this is it for them. And um, let's be honest, uh, they'll probably have a better chance to be a multi-bid league in the AAC, but that's a much tougher league top to bottom than you're going to find in Conference USA. Yeah, it is. And, but that's the thing is that's at least what the thought process is, right? And I know Com- or Conference USA doesn't have a Houston yet, right? They don't have a team that's a top-five opponent and a, a, a potential national championship-caliber team. Nobody's in Conference USA with that. But you talk about middle-of-the-road, really good teams that, that should be 30 to 60 in the net rankings, and that, that'll kind of knock each other off and go back and forth. Conference USA has four or five of those teams. And if they didn't all play each other, I think they would run the conference, and I think they would have two or three teams get into the big dance. But it's just the fact that you have five or six that are going to knock all these off, and then you have this this stigma, this reputation around Conference USA that it's a one-big league. I think it's a multi-bid league, and what they've done this year is starting to show exactly why that's the case. And, and I hope it's that, that way moving forward, even when those six schools end up leaving and going to the American. And I think there will be good basketball in USA for years to come. I'm with you on that one. And I do think that the teams coming in are going to make it a strong league. Um, I like the teams sure. coming in a lot. And I feel like uh, CUSA will be, uh, will be fine, when, especially when it comes to, uh, to men's basketball. But on the flip side, as North Texas is getting ready to leave the, leave the conference, you look at what they're doing in football and now what they're doing in men's basketball. Do you feel... Yeah that North Texas is kind of positioning themselves like UTSA to be not just making that jump to uh, the American Athletic, but becoming a, uh, you know, a major player in that league. Yeah, if they're going to go into the American without that mindset, I think that's where, that's where you would question things because it is a tougher league. Across the board, athletics, resources, there's more given to athletics in the American than there ever has been in Conference USA. So as they're trying to position position themselves, yeah, they've had success in Conference USA, and they, they've won a lot of games there. I think retaining Grant McCasland is a huge plus. I think grabbing a guy like Eric Morris, who has uh, power five pot- potential at a football spot, I think that's a, a huge plus. But you, you've got to position yourselves to invest and to, to really – 
go headfirst into this thing to to compete with some of those teams in the American, like the SMUs and the UCFs and uh, the the Tulane, of course, who won the Cotton Bowl this year. You're going to have to compete with those teams, both in basketball and in football. And if you don't put in and pour in some resources, you may have to, to sink your first couple of years before you really try and swim again. Good way to look at it. Hey, listen, terrific stuff as always. We appreciate the conversation. Look forward to uh, having you tomorrow. Give us the call on, on ESPN+. Plus. We always tell people, listen, you got to listen to 600 with John Tice, your call in the action. That's, that's a given. Sure. But, hey, there's going to be plenty of people tuning in to, uh, to check you out on the Plus. So, uh, you know, plan on that, Kyle. You'll get a lot of El Paso wins tomorrow. No doubt. And, hey, I, I pride myself because I do much more than just North Texas uh, broadcasting-wise. I, I pride myself on being an even and a neutral broadcast, even on these E-plus broadcasts where you don't have to be. So I'll, I'll, tr- I'll do my best to, to keep it even, to keep it fun for either side. And we'll have some fun on the TV, television side. But, yeah, hey, Mr. Teicher is a legend for a reason. If you were to turn me off and, and, and to listen to him, I don't even blame you for that one as well. One of these days we'll have you on to talk Billy Gillespie. That'll be a conversation in hey, itself. There you go. I had him last night. That sounds like fun. Looking forward to it. Awesome stuff, Kyle. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you having me. Kyle Yeomans, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. 19 in front of 5. Back with more in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Sports Talk as we continue. Want to welcome in UTEP Zay to the show. How are you, Zay? How you holding up on a Friday afternoon? Feeling great. I'm feeling great. I feel happy. It's Friday. Should be feeling great. See, weekend's right around the corner. Of course you're feeling great. School's over till then. You're good, right? Yep. I'm feeling feeling great. That's that's the word, great. Good to hear. 505-6009, our telephone number. I can't wait for the FOSS in 10 minutes. Is this the most hyped FOSS appearance ever? Because so many people want to hear him try to explain the Cowboys, uh, you know, ouster out of the uh, 2022 NFL playoffs. Yes, this is because I, I and I will, I'll ask this to Foss uh, when we bring him on. But you could point at the Des Cotta game, right? The Packers lost with the Cowboys. They had Tony Romo. You could point to the Tony Romo uh, where he fumbled that snap on the extra point, or what was it, the field goal uh, in that in that playoff game against the Seahawks. And you could look at last year's NFC uh, divisional round loss to the 49ers where Dak couldn't clock it in time Mm -hmm. uh, and that time expired. I want to ask him where this past Sunday's loss compares to those losses. Oh, yeah, I'd like to know that too. That would be really interesting. So he'll join us in about 10 minutes. Then we've got the Utah basketball team, the women's team, coming in studio in our 6 o'clock hour. Excited about having a pair of minors. That's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about their game tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock against North Texas. Their nine one five game, Adrian. The nine one five game. That's right, and this is a big one for them. Uh, another conference game, another chance to be, uh, you know bolster their record right now. And for the women's basketball team, they've been playing some pretty good basketball. They just have to con- uh, continue to be consistent, uh, not drop games like they did last week to Florida International or two weeks ago. That's true. That is true. Um, you know they. They've they've played, I mean, other than Rice, Rice is the only team that really has their number. Don't you feel like th- that's just a bad matchup for them? Because both games against Rice, they just weren't able to get comfortable in their play. Yeah, um, I was there for both games. Or I wasn't there for both games, obviously, but uh, I watched uh, the one on the road, and I was there for the one 
uh, in the Don Haskins Center, and it's a bad matchup. I can't explain. I don't. I don't know what it is, but they just they can't do it. They can't beat them, and it's a similar uh, similar thing with FIU. You know, they they got killed last year on the road when they went over there and played them, and they dropped a pretty bad game to them, uh, like Adrian said a couple weeks ago. So those are two teams that I'd, I'd be scared of. Yeah, me too. Me too. So that's going to be uh, one of those matchups that uh, I'm 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 interested. If UTEP gets Rice in the Conference USA tournament, um, will they? Will it will it be uh, you know third times a charm for the Myers? They finally can get a chance to do it, or could that be uh, just that that bad matchup you don't want to see? But we got a lot of basketball until then anyway. But still, it kind of makes you wonder if Rice is kind of like UTEP's kryptonite this year. It is, you know. I think that's the bad matchup you really don't want. There really aren't a lot of teams that I'm I'm looking at UTEP women's basketball and saying they can't beat them, right? You know, they can beat anybody in this league. They can even beat Middle Tennessee. They did it last year. Uh, I'm, I'd be confident they're going to give them a game in a couple weeks. So, but yeah, Rice. I don't know what it is. It's it's a bad matchup. It is. It's, that's the best way to put it. They have their number. They have UTEP's number this year. And it seems like last year and the years past, but uh, for some reason, uh, Kevin Baker's squads just have, well, have difficulties with Rice. Let me tell you something. The team I want to see them beat more than anybody, there's one team in particular, and this team I've always felt this way. I just want to see them beat Middle Tennessee. That's it. That is all I care about. And uh, there's a reason for that, too. Because Rick Ensel who is the head coach um, for Middle Tennessee's women's basketball team over the years, has always, always, dating back to the Keith Adams days, given UTEP fits. Well, you know, luckily last year, from, I, I think last year they beat them, yeah. Last year UTEP beat Middle Tennessee. It was a big-time win for them early in conference play. They beat them by one point in the dawn. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this year it's going to be tougher. They're 23rd in the nation right now. They have yeah. big wins over Louisville. When they come to the dawn, you know, hopefully they, they generate a good crowd and UTEP can give them a run for their money. Well, I want to see them not just give them a run for their money. I want to see them knock them off. I do. I want to see I want to see Middle lose because Ncel is just one of those guys that, uh, you know, he – how can I put this? They're good, but – to Rick Ensel, it, it, he you know it's like to him he's Gene Oriema. Yeah, I hear you. He's that's a, the best way. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and I get that he's built some kind of a uh, he's built the notoriety here in Conference USA, but it's like hey, we're still Conference USA. Let, someone's gonna no, someone's gonna knock him off though. That's, that's what I'm right. trying. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's UTEP this year. I really am. So that'll be coming up later on the show in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll get a chance to talk to a pair of minors um, about that, Alina Enrique and uh, Jazzy on Jackson. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to that conversation. Looking forward to hearing from you as well on Championship Weekend. You can call into the show, 505-6009. Who you got? Who you got this weekend? Is it going to be the visiting teams prevailing? Will it be Cincinnati and San Francisco? Will it be the home teams, Philadelphia and KC? Will it be a combination of both? Oh, I love it. I'm so excited about this weekend of football. I think it's going to be terrific. So we'll do that coming up. Get ready, folks. The Foss is next. Steve Foster live as Sports Talk continues with hour number two. Oh, this song is very fitting with what this segment's turned into. A lot of listeners going at it with our guests. Steve Foster, the Foss, who'll be with us in a couple of weeks in Phoenix, Radio Row, Super Bowl 57, hosting Laying Down the Law with his tag team partner, Chris Fernandez, 
12 to 2. Uh, that's going to be uh, coming up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, February 8th through the 11th from Phoenix and the uh, downtown convention center. So, yes, we will have you will get to hear Steve Foster two hours a day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from uh, Super Bowl 57. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely it is. You know, we did it for the NFL draft and had a blast. So I'm looking forward to it. First time ever uh, that our hometown and our ESPN uh, radio station will be at the biggest football game on the planet. That's true. That's true. And first time you will have your show on this radio station originating uh, during lunchtime for three straight days. Exactly. Very honored, very privileged. Uh, and excited and love to interact with all the listeners. It's great. Uh, regardless of, of the thoughts, opinions, comments, uh, very fun. And it's great that there is that interest yes, there is. in sports and athletics. By the way, Adrian, I just thought about something. we got to make sure we have a producer lined up for 12 Yeah, I talked to a good friend, Angel Munoz, and it looks like he's uh, he's pretty good. And then maybe uh, Jason Craig will fill in one day. Good, so good, good. Looks yeah. like we'll, we'll be set. As, 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 as much fun as it is knowing that we had the Foster's like, wait a minute, we need to make sure we have people hired to run that show yeah, from 12 Yeah, and, and also, thank goodness, we'll have uh, Zay back here. He'll be official by then. So we'll, we'll have a lot of good uh, representation back here. Good. Very, very good. Um, okay. So, um, this also came from Poncho, by the way, who's the Cowboys fan. Said, Foss needs to stop arguing 49ers are a better team precisely because they make better choices. So there we go. So that's what it comes down to. Even Cowboys fans are, are arguing with you. Um, give me your take on the AFC Championship. Who do you like, KC or Cincinnati? Well, well, well okay. So, so let's, let's go with the, with the listeners. So do we really think Buffalo is that bad of a team compared to Cincinnati? Do we really think that? No. What happened was, on that day, at their own home stadium, they got beat. But no one would ever tell you that the Buffalo Bills are a bad team. No. That's incorrect. Anyway, as you were saying. Yes. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Uh, You already told me you like Philly because of of Jalen Hurts being the X-Factor. What about uh, Patrick Mahomes? He's going to play. He's not 100%. Will it be enough to win at home and beat Joe Burrow for the first time in his career? I think Joe Burrow's got a real good chance, man. Um, he's, you know, he's already been in a national championship game against Trevor Lawrence and an excellent Clemson team that now has multiple NFL players. Uh, so he, he's seen the best on the Division One level, and the folks that were on both of those teams are all over the place. Um, he's, he's got a good opportunity. Uh, I, I think Patrick Mahomes and the uh, medical, uh, you know, technology that we have today is really going to help Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I just I give, the, I give the slight edge to Cincinnati. Um, they're, they're playing well. And, and I just, you know, um, I've been to Arrowhead. It's the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Um, it'll be cold, but Cincinnati and that new Riverfront Stadium, I forget what they call it now, uh, that, that air comes off that, that lake as well, or river, I should say, excuse me. Um, and, but, but Joe Burrow seems to just have the Joe Cool 
that that that's where I'm leaning. You know, I, I mm-hmm. love the Texas guys. You know, White House Texas for Patrick Mahomes, but I, I give the slight advantage to, to Cincinnati. I was shocked at what they did to Buffalo, and Buffalo is a really good football team. So Cincinnati and Philly, that is your Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I think that's it. I like it. You went the exact opposite I went. I went Kansas City and San Francisco. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you you went you went with the letters on the helmet. That's how you picked that one. I love it. Yeah. You know how some people go for the colors. You went for the two teams with the with, with the letters. I did. I like that. I went letters over colors. Letters <laughs> over colors in design. That's exactly right. I love it. I love it. All right, listen, good stuff. Thanks for spending the last half hour with us on the show. And you got uh, it. as we wrap it up, any mess, do you, any any final thoughts for Cowboys fans listening? We got to wait till next year. It's a it's a doggone shame. I uh, would have loved to see an all NFL uh, NFC East uh, matchup to go to the Super Bowl. It's going to feel like an eternity, but so much goes on in the NFL that it, it will go quickly. And just praying that we can. Uh, re-sign everyone. Tony Pollard uh, heals up properly, and uh, we, we get back going. Um, you know, some restructuring of the ca- of, of some contracts uh, to keep the team together. And Eric Hyden, baby, just remember Eric Hyden. Good way to leave us. All right, Foss. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for the time, and uh, always enjoy the conversation. Sounds great. Much love to El Paso and everybody listening. It's a great show. Can't wait to be a part of the station and reunite with you and Adrian. Less Thanks than two much. weeks away. Love it. Almost there, Foss. Almost there. That's exactly All right. right. Thanks, fellas. All right. The Foss, Steve Foster, joining us here on Sports Talk. Bottom of the hour, let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Thanks to the Foss for giving us some time as well. Well, have UTEP Women's Basketball in our studios here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, coming up uh, shortly. Looking forward to that. And uh, well, uh, were you surprised that Foss put the loss on one player and one player only? Yes, I was uh, surprised about that. Also surprised he didn't give uh, 49ers a little bit more credit. Um, our listeners tried to bully him into giving them more credit, and he still didn't. He doubled down on it. A very controversial segment from Steve Foster, and I think he made a lot of Cowboys fans. And and you know what? Even 49ers fans and any football fans upset in the, after that call. He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't give in. He wouldn't give in. You're not. You're not going to bully the Foss. Yeah, I mean seriously, Foss was uh, very stubborn with his takes, but yes. he's he's maintained the same thing over and over. And uh, you got to give him credit for being consistent at least. Right? He's like a mule. He's stubborn. He won't do it. He won't. He won't. Uh, you, you could try all you want. It won't happen. You know, Kyle Yeomans was al- almost uh, understanding with frustrations Cowboy fans have. Foster, like Steve Foster, sometimes I feel like he could work for Jerry Jones. Like he could spin well, things in certain directions, uh, and uh, I think he should be on the PR team. I don't think Jerry would ever throw Dak under the bus like that. Do you? Well, I you don't know. See, do you ever see Jerry after a game say this is all on one player, no, one player only, no, number he's, four? He's never done that. But no. I, I will say that uh, the Cowboys Twitter account was uh, very. I guess they pointed out the obvious mistakes that Dak did in their post-game tweet. Mm, um, yeah, that so was a weird tweet, was, by the that way. That was kind of a weird tweet, but I feel yes. I feel like that could have been Steve Foster right there. He like could have wrote, wrote the same story. Yes, he could have done that right there based off that phone call we had. That was really weird that the official Twitter account did that. 
Yeah, it was. It was uh, kind of like the UTEP thing, uh, what, like almost 10 years ago or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. 37 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. And welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk 505-6009 as we continue. 505-6009. Well... All I can tell you is this. Um, we've got two great football games this weekend. We've got a basketball game happening here tomorrow at 1 with the UTEP women. They'll be with us in 15 minutes in our studios. We also have a men's game tomorrow at 4 that will be on 600 ESPN El Paso with John Teicher calling the action. I would assume that uh, Steve Yellen will be with him because usually Yellen makes a trip to Dallas. That would make a lot of sense. Um, we also will have uh, lots of other great sports. Royal Rumble. Happening tomorrow. Six o'clock it gets going. So you could actually listen to this. Women at one, men at four. And then you can watch the Royal Rumble while listening to Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Adietta Allstate Agency and get a chance to uh, find out who's going to win the uh, hot hand of the game uh, brought to you by Wind Supply of El Paso and our Keats Southwest player of the game. And then you can also follow along with the Royal Rumble. You know, I don't know who's going to win the Rumble, by the way, Adrian. It could be anybody. It could be, um, well, it could be a surprise. It could be The Rock. Um, There's a lot of talk that Sami Zayn could be winning the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn, because you don't follow Sami. Sami is a Canadian wrestler who looks like you. I mean, he is not a guy that has the normal, uh, like, ridiculous build for uh, a professional wrestler. But right now, this guy is more popular than ever before. He's got this crazy beard. He's Canadian. And and uh, he's also uh, in the uh, Roman Reigns camp right now. And, okay. I mean, everybody is talking about Sami Zayn. So he could possibly be winning the Rumble this weekend. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, I, what a, a sports day for everybody then. I, I would say, I mean, like, you've you got women's basketball fix. you got the men's basketball fix as well. And a good WWE fix to close out the night. So I like it, Steve. I do, too. Line ringing in, 505-6009-48 passed as we continue here on Sports Talk. So, yeah, um, I will be checking out the Rumble tomorrow night. I'm excited about that. And um, I know this man is, too, Enrique, who joins us next on the show. Enrique, who's going to win the Rumble tomorrow? I gave you a couple of options. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I think uh, we're going to get the Rock. I think he's going to come in, win it, challenge Reigns to be the head tribal chief. But I also think we're going to get John Cena to come in and uh, start his rivalry with uh, Austin Theory. Well, that would be interesting. That would be uh, an interesting way of looking at it. But what? let me ask you this. What if, what if Sami Zayn wins the Rumble tomorrow? Well, that'd be great. He's deserved it. He's more than earned it. He's put up with so much in the company having to do so many uh, team-ups with Kevin Owens, like back in NXT, and it's about time they're utilizing them in a different way, and he, he just deserves it. If anyone deserves to win, I, it's Sami Zayn. Well, let me also say this about Sami Zayn, because as I said earlier, you know, you look at Sami Zayn and you don't think uh, wrestler. He's 6'1", probably just a little over 200 pounds, and yet, um, you know, he's never been more popular than he is right now in professional wrestling. There's no doubt about that. Oh, no, I agree. I remember when he came out of NXT and everyone, he was that popular when he came out. 
He had that whole chant when people in People of China song. Mm-hmm. He had that great ring move where he jumped between the the poles and the outside of the ring to do his DDT, like a spinning DDT from the ropes. It was he's yeah. a phenomenal athlete. Plus, he's also 38 years old. So, I mean, you think about a guy that's done a lot, been around for a long time, and uh, never been more popular than he is now. It'd be a cool way to see this happen. What if he shows up in his alter ego? I don't know if they're gonna if he's gonna mess with that because that hasn't happened in such a long time. I almost feel like you know why why mess around with something if it's not broke, don't fix it. He's never been more popular than he is right now. Why 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 do that? I just think it'd be fun nostalgia. Yeah, and then and that is one thing about the Rumble. The Rumble is full of nostalgia. It really is. So um, you know maybe it is possible. I don't know. Um, I'll say this: if you do get uh, if you do get that. <laughs> It would be pretty uh, pretty interesting, that's for sure. Who do you got for the women? Ooh, that's that's well, you know, I don't know where they're going to go there with that. That's that's also kind Bailey. of interesting. What do you think is going to happen? I think Bailey's going to win it because if you see it, all the horse women have been winning the rumble. She's the last one. I could see that, and she's also kind of you know she's been coming back. Um, and you know, working her way through they, they, the match this weekend did not end in, in in any kind of pinfall. Maybe it is Bailey's turn. After all, she's a diehard 49ers fan. So you know how great would that be if she comes out in her George Kittle jersey and then ends up winning the Rumble? That would be pretty cool. That'd be great. And she's from Cali, right? She is. She's from Northern California, like the the Fresno great. area. So yes, that's great for her to uh, headline WrestleMania as the winner of Run a Royal Rumble. Says WrestleMania this year's in L.A. at SoFi. Could be possible. Could be possible. And remember, WWE's coming in uh, in April to El Paso. That's going to be a lot of fun. Coming to the Haskins Center. Oh, I already got my ticket. Oh, there you go. All right. Good job, Enrique. Enjoy the Rumble this weekend, man. Thanks for the call. You too. Thank you. 52 past right now as we continue on Sports Talk. Bring back wrestling. We get wrestling calls. Simple as that, Adrian. You know? That's exactly right, Steve. Everybody passionate about the Royal Rumble. This is a big weekend for a lot of wrestling fans, so I get it. I, I, I understand the excitement right there. And all you got to do is watch. It's on Peacock. Five bucks a month. That's it. And you get all the NBC programming, and you also get WWE on top of that, and the EPL, and everything else that uh, they have to offer. So, the Office? Get, get The Office on you do demand? Get, you do get The Office on demand. That's it. All the seasons. They have the super fan episodes, which is my favorite, because what the super fan episodes are is when they take all the deleted scenes and they make these extended episodes. Yeah, and I like the uh, the deleted scenes ones. Uh, yeah, or they're like, fun. Yeah, or all the bloopers, too. Actually, sometimes the bloopers are even funnier than the actual shows. The bloopers are the best. They really are. So, Are you, uh, are you a um, Office fan? Uh, do you like it more pre or post, uh, or not pre or pre or post? Uh, be with Steve Carell or, or without Steve Carell? Oh, it's always with Steve yeah. Carell. Yeah, I said the same thing. The, the last couple of seasons with James Spader is just—it's not the same. Yeah, I, I like the fact when you know when Andy's the boss and stuff like that. They had some uh, some okay moments, mm-hmm. but and the last season was good. I'll I'll give him credit. But like the season eight or like the season right after Steve Carell was kind of rocky. It was. It was. But um, and I wish they would have given um, uh, what's his name, the, who was was on for like four episodes, uh, replacing Kirill immediately. 
Oh um, yeah, California. Will Rock- Ferrell. Oh, I yeah, wish yeah, they would have given Will Ferrell just a few more episodes <laughs> before he dunks a basketball. The the basket falls on top of him, and he has brain damage, and that's the end of his character. I, I love how he's just blasting like uh, music in his ear, and he's like screaming oh, yeah. over it, trying yeah. to trying to give his speech. It was it was pretty funny though having Will Ferrell on that because remember, I mean, Anchorman had Will Ferrell and Steve Carell. Um, that's right. So They've collaborated a lot over time. They have. That's true. All right. Hey, we're going to come back. We've got more coming up. We've got UTEP women's basketball next. They'll be with us in studios. We'll talk about the games coming up against North uh, Texas on Saturday, tomorrow, the 915 game, how you can be a part of it, and uh, you'll get a chance to meet some of the players. That's happening right now as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we begin our final hour of the show. It's 9-1-5 weekend for UTEP women's basketball. Miners have been off to a great start this whole season, and they've got a big one coming up. North Texas tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I didn't even know what 9-1-5 was, Adrian. We had to watch the video. We didn't even realize what was going on tomorrow until we saw the video and saw Coach Baker talk about it. Yeah, I love the fact that they're showing City Pride tomorrow, celebrating the city of El Paso and uh, showing off that 915. Yeah, I am too. And that's one of the reasons why we're excited about having a pair of minors with us right now. Sophomore uh, Alina uh, Arike is here with us, as well as uh, one of UTEP's newcomers, Jazion Jackson. She's a junior from Dallas. And in case you're wondering where she came from, yeah, North Texas. That's right. The team UTEP's going to be playing this weekend. Ladies, welcome uh, both of you. Great to see you here. Thanks for being here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for making the trip. Um, I don't know about the two of you, but this uh, has been a great season. A lot of minor fans have been excited about watching you play this year, and uh, this you know this game tomorrow is a really really big big opportunity to go up and uh, and, and beat North Texas and just keep uh, this uh, terrific season going, right, Jazion? Yeah, um, it's a pretty exciting game. Um, just to kind of come in the week, we got a top twenty three team uh, the next the following week, so. Um, just coming in, I feel like this is going to be a, a good test for us to kind of be at home and finally be at home and get to play in front of you know our exciting fans. So I'm excited. I can't wait for that Middle Tennessee game, by the way. Yeah. You, you've played against them when you were at North Texas. I can't stand Middle Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand their head coach, Rick Ensel. He knows that. So uh, so cocky and confident. All you want to do is just beat them and beat them up. So I, I understand that. But before we get to Middle Tennessee, we got to deal with North Texas tomorrow. And you tell me, uh, you know, you, you – you spent uh, a lot of time out there. It's your backyard. It's your hometown. And you had a chance to play uh, in Denton for a few years before coming here. How how amped up are you going to be for this uh, for this game tomorrow? Um, honestly, I'm very excited. I'm trying to keep myself, um, you know, from getting too high um, about it. But I'm very excited. Um, this game is, is very personal. Um, I like to say that it's not personal, but it's for sure personal. Um, and I'm just excited, honestly, just to, you know, play against a former team, former teammates, um, coaches. I'm just excited, honestly. I can't even put the words. Now, you say it's personal, but it's also business, right? You want this, this is like for you, this is business, taking care of business mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah, for sure. Um, taking it a game at a time is obviously a game that we have to win, a game that, um, you know, we're capable of winning. So, yeah. you know, that's obviously the goal of the game tomorrow. Not to mention, you just dropped 22 and 26 on this trip to Florida. So you're playing some of your best basketball this season. You said you had two career high games. You first you had a career high, then you broke it the, the game a couple games later. So, do you feel like at this point you're playing some of the best basketball you've played in your career? 
Uh, yes, um, I've obviously, honestly been waiting um, to kind of get to this point, um, figuring things out along the way at different uh, different school. But, you know, just being able to get here and be confident um, in the work that I've put in um, and it's finally showing. So I'm very excited about that as well. Now, the truth is it's not easy, is it? When you have to adjust from one school to the next and learn a whole new system with a whole new set of teammates and players, it takes a little time, doesn't it? Yeah, this definitely wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't an easy jump, but... Um, kind of had expectations coming in, um, knowing that I would have to be, you know, in a different role, in a um, different system. So kind of, you know, in the summer we had, we just had to learn and, and pick up on the things that I didn't know um, quickly um, in order to kind of go into the season knowing the things that I know now. What's Alina been like for you since uh, one of your teammates is right here next to you? Tell me what she's been. <laughs> one of the best teammates I've ever had. Um, you know, just coming in, they were so welcoming of me. Um, you know, she's not one that, you know, talks. Um, I'm not one that talks, but we kind of, you know, have those conversations and we talk to one another. So it's really, it's a good balance. Now, that's interesting. You said you don't talk. So you do more you're talking on the court than you do uh, off the court for the most part? Um, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I've been at UTEP, um, and I've kind of known a few players, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm speaking a lot more now um, than I did before, and I feel like I'm getting a little talkative now. So Good. So the more yeah. comfortable you get with this team and your performance, the more talkative you are. I like that. Yeah, for sure. You a trash talker on the court? you like to talk some trash to your teammates? Yeah. To, uh, to, not your teammates, but to your opposition? For sure. For sure. That's me. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Do you do most of your talking when you're on the offensive side and you want to light them up, or do you try to talk to them on de- when you're on defense, trying to get in their head and shut them down? How does it work? Um, most of my talking comes from the defensive end. Um, I try to, you know, like tell people to shoot it when they're not shooters or to drive it when they're not drivers. Um, and I just try to, you know, play that game, um, get in people's head, kind of like to be a little Draymond, but not too much. Yeah, you don't want to – right. So you want to make sure that you, you talk enough trash, but we're not going to get into a fist fight as a result, but you still want to get in their head a little bit. For sure. Mental game is important in basketball, isn't it? you got to get into their mental head a little bit. Yeah, um, and then in women's basketball, I feel like, you know, once you say something, it kind of carries a little bit throughout the, the game, and it, it makes it fun, honestly, just to, you know, have people you can go back and forth with um, and, and, and still be, you know, in the game and still kind of after the game you show, you know – sportsmanship so i think that's you know it's pretty big is this trash talking part of that joker persona you have on your twitter handle explain for sure explain that to me because as soon as i saw that uh, you i was looking at your twitter handle I, I told adrian right across the glass i go adrian look she's got the joker on her twitter profile so tell me about that um i watched the movie a lot um and i like to listen to the uh theme songs um before the games okay. um kind of him um and michael myers those are kind of the theme songs because i find i feel like it kind of puts me in like a just go out there and just kill um you know just be confident um be solid just be who you are um so the joker kind of plays that for me that's really kind of disturbing, and I like it. <laughs> I do. I like that kind of personality. You just talked about the Joker and Michael Myers from Halloween and how that kind of pumps you up. So when you're getting into your game mode, you want to be in a certain mental state, right? I mean, the, the Jazzy on I'm talking to right now is not the person <laughs> I'm going to see at 1 o'clock tomorrow when you tip off against North Texas. For sure. I meditate. I meditate afterwards, but you yeah. know, I just try to get in that mode of just, you know, just go out there and be you and be a killer. Uh, that's kind of what my family, you know, told me to do. Um, yeah. And I find I watched a movie and I was just like, you know what? That's going to be my thing. Yeah, you're a stone cold killer. 
Yeah, for sure. Adrian, this is she's the first <laughs> Stone Cold stuff. Killer we've had on the show. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love how uh, confident you are in saying this because when you're confident saying it to us here on the show, yeah. you'll be confident going out on the court doing this stuff. Yeah, it's just something that I like to go by for sure. All right, Zay, you just heard uh, some really interesting things from Jazzy on. I know you've got some questions. Why don't you go ahead? Okay, yeah, well, obviously, you know, I've watched you guys play. Jazzy on, you know, you've been on a tear lately. You're shooting 50% from three ever since the, the first Louisiana Tech game. But you do everything for this team, right? You do the you do the dirty work. Is that is that something that you just grew up playing like that? Or have you uh, kind of developed that as, as your game has progressed? Um, I would say it's something that um, – I grew up doing, um, I used to play with my brothers um, outside, play outside with different guys from getting dunked on to, you know, just playing with guys. You don't necessarily get the ball all the time. And they, I kind of learned that early that maybe I'm just going to have to go get a steal or I'm going to have to be solid on the defensive end to, you know, get what I want on the offensive end. So that's kind of how I play. Does UTEP still have, uh, like, a male uh, basketball team that you go up against in practice? Do they still have that, um, you know, that, that male um, practice squad team? Oh, no, no. They did for years, you yeah. know that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard the story about this, but UTEP used to – the women's team used to have, like, like men practice against them. And the idea was they wanted the women to just get physical around the guys and start beating them up so that when, <laughs> they, uh, when they were going up against their own, you know, their own opposition, they were already battle-tested and ready to go. But it sounds like that was you already. You grew up with boys, and you know what that's, that was like ever since you were a kid. Yeah, for sure. Like, I got dunked on one time, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? That's the last time I'm ever going to get dunked on. Um, so I kind of, you know, just carry that into the games of just being aggressive defensively, and then it'll come on offense. I hear you. And, and as you've gotten more comfortable, and you said it, you know, you're you're talking more, you're 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 bonding better with your team. Do you feel almost like uh, this team, as good as they've played, still has a, a lot more to grow before the end of the season on the court? Yeah, I, f- I still feel like our best has yet to come. Yeah. Um, Coach Baker says this all the time. You're you're the best team I've ever coached when you're locked in. So I just feel like when we are locked in and we stay locked in, um, the sky's the limit for us. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, you grew up in Dallas. You a big Mavs fan as a kid? Um, yeah, yeah. I was I was a big fan of Tyson Chandler when he was there. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, you, any other favorites uh, growing up? Any other favorites uh, watching basketball, whether it's WNBA or NBA? Um, my favorite basketball player growing up was Derrick Rose. Tell really? me why. Um, just a point guard that could do it all? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like the first point guard that you would see just, you know, attack. Like, since West, Russell Westbrook, he would go attack and go dunk. Like, I used to love just seeing a point guard, you know, shoot a game winner or or the game winner, he's dunking on somebody. So, yeah, he was always my favorite um, player. And I loved his shoes as well. Okay, that's that, that's fair. Uh, how about Steph Curry? You a Steph fan? Uh, yeah, now now that I'm shooting it a little better, I'm, I'm getting a little Steph. In oh, me. I see what you're saying. So <laughs> when the shot comes in, now it's all about Steph. Yeah, I'm feeling a little better about Steph now. What can you tell me about your teammate over here? Before we before we get a chance to talk to her, what can you tell me about her? Uh, she's a great teammate, underrated passer. Um, I feel like she's just like when you think about uh, a player that can kind of pull everybody together without even saying anything. Um, like that's a, a player that you need on your team. Um, she's a glue player, um, I feel like, and the sky's the limit for her. And I still feel like she hasn't played her best basketball yet, but it's, it's soon to come. For she's sure. only a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's exciting. Alina, welcome to the show. We just had a chance to talk a, a lot to, to uh, Jazzy on about everything, really. I mean, I mean, first off, I love the fact that she's, you know, she digs the Joker and Michael Myers. That's a, that's a good persona. Do you have that same kind of uh, killer instinct, same thing uh, on the court? 
Uh, I, I wouldn't say that, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like to meditate before games, for sure, like she does. Yeah. But I, I just think when I'm prepared for a game, I just like to think that I'm really blessed to be here. I'm blessed to be able to play the game and just do the best that I can because there has been some obstacles on the way, but we're we're playing, we're doing good. But like, I always like to be thankful for that opportunity. Well, let's put it this way, okay? You came here last season as a freshman, right? Or two years no, ago? No, I, I was a COVID freshman. So basically, I'm, oh. I'm a junior in a classroom. Got so it. So this is, your third, this is your third season in Utah. Yeah. So you've kind of seen it all. I mean, you saw a UTEP team your freshman year that was streaking right into the conference tournament and had a great year. But then you also saw a team last year that was off to a great start and the wheels came off and unfortunately in conference uh, just could never recover. So you've seen a little bit of everything. And now this year, you have a whole, almost like an entirely new rebuilt team. And as we've been talking about with uh, Jazzy on, just look at the results. It's been terrific. Yeah, that's true. And I, I honestly think that this is the, best team that I've been on at UTEP all my time here like, um we we definitely have the talent of course every every year we have the talent but now I think the talent on she's on another level and like Chaz said um our like our best is yet to come and but we're still like we're doing great and we're getting better every game but our best is still yet to come did it feel for you, though, that with all the new players coming in, this summer was super important because you had to get a chance to play with your new teammates and kind of learn their strengths so that you're better prepared heading into the year? I do. I do think it's important, and I think Coach Baker did a good job with um, bringing, actually bringing everybody in like at the same time because uh, my other years here, like I, I come in late. There's other players that have came in late because of some other – like national team duties or yep. other stuff and I think this year he really he was strong on that he wanted us all, all to come together and start practicing together to build a team and I think that was great for us so this summer was huge when yeah. you really look back at yeah. it that's great I mean I forgot you came here in COVID did you actually get a chance to get here in COVID or were you stuck in Europe like so many people were because of just how difficult it was traveling during the uh, the first part of the pandemic it was it was tough. I like I got here on time before school started, but it was definitely hard to get a visa and stuff. All the embassies were closed. It was hard to get flights. So it definitely wasn't easy, but I I was happy to get here in time. Well, let's put it this way. You both played pandemic basketball. You were in North Texas while Alina was here as a freshman. And uh, I'll never forget it because you're dealing with empty arenas, no fans. You're dealing with um, everybody with COVID protocols and, you know, testing almost like two to three times per week, if not more than that. I mean, you know, I hope that's something we'll never ever have to deal with again. But as student athletes, both of you, how difficult was it to get through that first 2020 season? Oh, it was difficult. Um, even school was kind of hard, uh, just being online. And I like to be in the classroom and, yeah. you know, able to just hear the professor speak. Um, and then basketball, you never know when a game was going to be canceled. You could practice hard for one day and then the next two games get canceled. So it was just it was pretty difficult. Um, and it was like a mind game, honestly, with COVID. I believe it, Jazz. What about you, Alina? What was it like for you as a freshman coming here and that was the first thing you dealt with? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think the biggest challenge for was that um, I didn't get a chance to meet new people other than my teammates and the coaches. So we, we were like a 
tight group, and we were the only people we spent time with. So, yeah, that, I think that was the toughest part as a newcomer, especially coming from a different country, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you come from Finland to El Paso, Texas, and all you see is the same <laughs> 10 to 15 people for like a year. That is really, really difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, right. it was an adjustment, yeah, but well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're here now. <laughs> Me too. All right, more coming up with both uh, Aline and Jazz. If you want to get into the show, 505-6009, that's our telephone number. Miners play 1 o'clock tomorrow. It's the 915 game against North Texas. We'll come back right after this. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. 915 game coming up tomorrow, 1 o'clock, UTEP, North Texas. Get your tickets, folks. They start at just $8.00. Groups of 10, five apiece. That's right. If you have 10 or more, $5 to go in and watch the Miners play. They deserve to see you right now. They really do. Off to such a great start this season. 13-5, and 7-1 and one at home. They've got uh, North Texas. We've got uh, Jazzy on Jackson here with us. She's here um, along with uh, Alina Enrique, uh, both Miners, uh, getting ready for uh, this big battle against uh, North Texas and also, uh, ladies, we've got to be excited about one thing here. Six of the last ten are at home, and you've been great at home this season. So you've got to love the fact that, you know, if you do well at home and keep playing the way you're playing on the road, um, you know, you could be a, a top seed heading into this tournament. It's definitely something to be excited about. Um, we love playing at home, honestly. <laughs> we'd rather play at home than, we, you know, we play away, but... Uh, I feel like we're really good at home. We feed off the energy of the crowd and the fans. So, yeah, it's really exciting that six of the last ten are at home. And when you travel around and you go to these other arenas in Conference USA, some of these arenas, are it's practically empty. It's weird. It's almost like you're playing a game in front of nobody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Women's <laughs> basketball, sometimes you go in, you go in the game and, and there's maybe like 10 people or you get 30 or sometimes you get 100 but, um, yeah, it's really kind of hard playing in an empty gym. But, um, you know, we'd rather have fans for sure. And, Jazz, it's your first year in El Paso at UTEP. So I know, but you've been here before over the years uh, with North Texas coming uh, in road games. Alina, it's your third season. How would you describe what the relationship is like with the fans? I think it's great. And personally, I'm building my relationship with the fans every year. Like, I get to know them better and better. So, um, yeah, I think they're great. They're supportive. Even... Well, I don't want to talk about last year, but <laughs> even last year when we didn't do great, they still had our back, and they will have our back now, too, all the way. And it's great to see that the fans even come to a conference tournament to support us. So, yeah, it's really important for us. Oh, that's the best, isn't it, when the fans make the trip and they travel over and, and start uh, coming to see you play in different cities? Not to mention when you go on the road and you go to, let's say, you're in, you're in Denton against North Texas or you're in uh, Houston against Rice and you start to see UTEP fans make the trip because there's so many UTEP alumni that live in the Dallas-Houston areas, even in San Antonio, they'll come to support. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, a lot of our teammates, like, they have family close to those spots, like, Jazz has family in Dallas, so of mm-hmm. course her family's going to come and watch and make the trip to a close, closer city, so it's always great to see family and fans. Has your family made the trip yet from Finland to make uh, to come to El Paso to watch you play? Actually, this is funny because they are coming in today for are the first really? time. Are they really? Yes. Wow. Tonight, yeah. It's, it's great. I'm so excited. They haven't had the chance to visit me yet, so it, they get to see all the three home games that we have now within a week, so... 
And they're landing here tonight? Yes. <laughs> oh, that is super cool. How many are going to be coming in? Uh, Huh? How, how many of your family? Oh, is yeah. Just two. I don't have any siblings, so just my parents. So your mom and your dad. Yeah. And is, is, there, is this their first trip to the United States, or have they been here before? Uh, they've been here before, but it was a quick trip, though. Okay. So, so this is like the first time they get a chance to really watch you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. All right, good. Um, what are you going to do? Like, outside of basketball, where, do you, where are you going to show them around? Where do you want to <laughs> take them? Well, we don't have that much plans. It's just like the point was to spend time together since I haven't seen them since summer <laughs> but probably we're gonna find a couple of nice spots to eat of course scenic drive you gotta show that there you go um, that's that's right are they gonna cook for you <laughs> did, you, did you tell me you want some home-cooked meals and they can try to give you some of your favorite food back here yeah of course they're gonna cook for me i'm gonna co- be coming from practice that's right <laughs> so. that's right what are your what are your favorite now what are your favorite meals uh, in finland that you can't get here in el paso what do you like the most no, I don't really – I don't think I have a favorite meal like that. I'm not a picky eater, so we kind of eat everything, like a lot of different stuff, and we try a lot of new stuff too. Good. So that means when you bring uh, Mexican food to your parents, they're going to be pretty excited to try that. Yeah, because I love Mexican food. They love Mexican food. So I'm like, I, I have these spots picked out we need to go to. So oh, they can actually try real Mexican food, not the – Finnish Mexican food. Yeah, they actually have they actually have Mexican fi- Finnish Mexican food. Well, they have like Mexican food, but it's just not the same as here. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, want, it's just not the same. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want want to do that one bit. Um, ladies, uh, tell me a little bit about the rest of this team because you know I've talked about the two of you and how things have gone, but the one thing I've noticed about this season is that there's different heroes every night. You've got a deep basketball team. Coach goes about eleven or, or, or you know ten or eleven deep every game, and it always seems like there's a new hero uh, on a game by game basis. And I love that because it tells me that they're not having to rely on on the same players every single game. I mean, I feel like it's easy um, to play that way. Um, it's easy to go out there and, and you know make mistakes or. Um, you know, just knowing somebody that's going to come in off the bench that's going to have your back or uh, somebody that's starting that's going to, you know, it's just different to just have a team full of people that can score or can can defend um, at any given moment. Um, and I feel like everybody, you know, there's always surprises when um, we play. So I feel like that's a good thing. I mean, it keeps us um, grounded as a team. Elena, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, it's also harder for the teams that play us to prepare for us because they can't make a game plan for only one player. They need to prepare for all of us. So I think that's a great advantage for our team. I want to ask a question to both of you all, and I'll start with you, Jazion. Um, for last week's game, it was against Florida Atlantic. You all went to overtime and beat the Owls on the road. When you're able to squeeze out victories like that in late-game situations, what does that do to your confidence moving forward? Um, it just kind of goes into, like, conference play. You know, when we get to – in conference play, there's always close games, um, and, and the better team is going to have to close um, regardless of, you know – what the situation may bring, um, good teams always close. And I feel like we've been doing a, a really, really good job at closing games, um, whether it's on the road um, or at home. All right. How about you, Alina? What do you think? No, I completely, completely ag- agree with um, Chaz. Uh, we, we've been good at closing our games, and we had a lot of games that – like close games, so you have. we had a lot of practice at that, but we also managed to do well in those games, which is 
great. Well, here's the thing, too, okay? So you lose by two to Florida International, 72-70, to 70, in a really close game where you come back late, but you fall just a little short. It would have been really easy two nights later to go and, and not play well against Florida Atlantic. But for you to come back and after a, a tough game like that was uh, against uh, against FIU, to battle back and win in overtime, that speaks volumes about the kind of basketball team that you have right now this season. Yeah, I agree. And um, um, It's okay. <laughs> Take your time. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, I think uh, nobody was happy after that ga- game because the first half at FIU, we did not play great at all. We did not play good. We managed to get within two points and close out that game, unfortunately. But everybody had a kind of a chip on their shoulder, and we didn't, we didn't want to do that again. So I think that's, that's what helped us at FAU a couple of days later. Yeah. And here we are now with this stretch we were talking about a moment ago, and it all starts uh, again tomorrow with North Texas, and then Middle Tennessee will be the big one that everybody's excited about. But one thing I've learned about this team, it seems like you have enough veterans right now where you're not looking ahead to Middle Tennessee. You know what you have to do tomorrow, and that's take care of business first against North Texas. Right, Jess? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think with this team, we're um, pretty good at taking it brick by brick. We don't um, get too high. We don't get too low. We kind of stay grounded. Um, I feel like in the beginning of the season, we kind of understood who we are as a team and the things that we have to do. So, yeah, just, you know, taking it one day at a time, one game at a time is always going to help us in the long run for sure. I know Zay's got more questions. We'll keep it rolling right now as we uh, continue uh, talking a little UTEP women's basketball. But first, let's go right back to Adrian and get this last uh, Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. As uh, we continue right now here, uh, Alina Rique is with us along with uh, uh, Jazzy on Jackson. We call her Jazz now. It's nice. Well, I, I'm just I'm just following Alina's lead here. She called you. No, don't follow. Are you okay? are you are you comfortable with that? Is it yeah, is it sure. is it okay? Yeah. All right, because I don't I don't ever want to you know say anything that's out of you know out of turn. I want to yeah, make sure we're, fine. we're good. All right, that's that's fine. Uh, Zay, I know you've got more questions, so why don't you go ahead and fire some away. Sounds good. You know, Alina, you uh, watching you play, you do it all at the forward position. You can pass, you can rebound, you can finish, you can shoot. Is that something, you know, they developed you like that uh, overseas in Finland? Or, you know, have you just always played like that? Yeah, I think that's how I grew up playing. And I, I always been a more pass-first player. Uh, in high school, that was the – we had players like that who – who were more more of a score a scorer type of players, so I had more of the passing role. But here I 